Welcome to Manna for Breakfast, the daily Bible reading devotional which chronologically takes you through the Word of God from Genesis to Revelation in one year. Grab a cup of coffee and your Bible and join us as we journey together through God's Word. Good morning. How you guys doing? Beautiful day. 67 degrees high of 81 today. The March weather here has just been phenomenal. We sometimes have a little warmer, but right now this is like early February, January weather. It's really nice. So let's jump over to this day in trivia and see what we have over there for today. A quote from an Indian tribe chief, I guess, said, listen or your tongue will make you deaf. (laughs) That's a good quote. And that's the way it is. Walter Cronkite, March 6th, 1981. Walter Cronkite anchors his last evening newscast. Concrete, 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 concrete. <laughs> I can't even say. Walter Cronkite became known as the most trusted man in America after being so named in the public opinion poll. <laughs> can you imagine that? The most trusted name, man in America, and a news anchor? Uh, We don't see that anymore. Gone are those days. Dred Scott decision on this day in 1857. The U.S. Supreme Court rules that a Negro whose ancestors were imported into the U.S. and sold as slaves could not be an American citizen and therefore had no standing to sue in federal court and that the federal government had no power to regulate slavery in the federal territories acquired after the creation of the United States. Dred Scott was an enslaved Negro who had been taken by his owners into free territories where he attempted to sue for his freedom. The U.S. Supreme Court denied the request issuing the landmark decision. The outcry of this decision was one of the factors that led to the Civil War. This was the second time the Supreme Court had ruled an act of Congress as unconstitutional. Scott and his family were eventually given their freedom, and he worked as a potter until his death in 1858. Fall of the Alamo in 1836 on this day, Mexican forces led by Santa Ana defeated 187 Texans, including Demi Crockett and Jim Bowie, or Jim Bowie, Jim Bowie, who had declared their independence from Mexico in an effort to establish their own country. And this is a sad day, the beginning of the Salem witch trials. On this day in 1692, Sarah Good, Sarah Osborne, and a female slave named Tituba were accused of witchcraft. Good and Omen denied being witches, but Tutuba confessed, claiming Good and Osborne were witches acting alongside her in the service of the devil. Hmm. The daughter of the niece of Reverend Samuel Paris claimed to be bewitched by Sarah Good. The young girls asserted that they had been bitten, pinched, and otherwise abused. They would, uh, they would have fits in which their bodies would appear to involuntarily convulse and their eyes rolling back in their heads and their mouths hanging open. The hysteria grew in the following months. With more than 200 people accused of witchcraft, 30 which were found guilty, 19 of whom were executed by hanging, including Sarah Good and uh, one other man, Giles Corey, who was pressed to death by refusing to plead. At least five people died in jail. Sarah Osborne died in prison following the May, following May. But Tituba, who claimed to actually admitted to being a witch, was eventually pardoned. <laughs> that seems a bit odd. First atomic bomb on this day, 1943. Residents of Hanford, Washington are given 30 days notice to evacuate. 
the U.S. government was buying the land to build the production facility for the atomic bomb. Okay, well, I guess it's just when they told him to get out. That's crazy. All right, let's jump over the dad jokes. See what we got. Here we go. How can you open a banana with a monkey? <laughs> now, remember, they're dad jokes, so these are dad jokes you tell your little girl or your little boy. Why does a woodpecker have a beak? So as not to smash his head against a tree. Well, that makes total sense. What would you call a very funny mountain? Hilarious. <laughs> and that was hilarious. So now we can move over into the reading for today. So let me find my place. You find yours. We're in Leviticus 21 this morning. Father God, thank you for bringing us together. And we submit ourselves, God, to you this morning, asking you to teach us as we would sit at the foot of Jesus. As his disciples, God, we ask that we'd be allowed to be able to receive words from heaven and be able to benefit and be able to use them to guide us in our life and help us in our walks, and help us in our dealings with other people as well. So thank you, in Jesus' name. Amen. Ready to go. Leviticus chapter 21. Then the Lord said to Moses, Speak to the priests, the sons of Aaron, and say to them, No one shall defile himself for a dead person among his people, except for his relatives who are nearest to him, his mother and his father and his sons and his daughter and his brother. Also, for his virgin sister who is near to him because she has had no husband for her, he may defile himself. He shall not defile himself as a relative by marriage among his people and so profane himself. They shall not make any baldness on their heads nor shave off the edges of their beards nor make any cuts in their flesh. They shall be holy to their God and not profane the name of their God. For they present the offering by fire to the Lord, the food for their God, so they shall be holy. They shall not take a woman who is profaned by harlotry, nor shall they take a woman divorced from her husband, for he is holy to his God. You shall consecrate him, therefore, for he offers the food of your God. He shall be holy to you, for I, the Lord, who sanctifies you, am holy." Also, the daughter of any priest, if she profanes herself by harlotry, she profanes her father. She shall be burned with fire. The priest who is the high priest among the brothers on whose head the anointing oil is poured and who has been consecrated to wear the garments shall not uncover his head nor tear his clothes. Nor shall he approach any dead person nor defile himself even for his father or his mother, nor shall he go out to the sanctuary nor profane the sanctuary of his God. For the consecration of the anointing oil of his God is on him. I am the Lord. He shall take a wife in her virginity, a widow or a divorced woman, or one who is profaned by harlotry. These he may not take, but rather he is to marry a virgin of his own people, so that he will not profane his offspring among his people, for I am the Lord who sanctifies him. Then the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Speak to Aaron, saying, No man of your offspring throughout their generations 
who has a defect shall approach to offer the food of his God. No one who has a defect shall approach, a blind man or a lame man, or he who has a disfigured face or a deformed limb, or a man who has a broken foot or a broken hand, or a hunchback or a dwarf, or one who has a defect in his eye or eczema or a scab or crushed testicles. No man among the descendants of Aaron, the priest who has a defect, is to come near to offer the Lord's offering by fire, since he has a defect. He shall not come near to offer the food of his God. He may eat the food of his God, both of the most holy and of the holy. Only he shall not go in to the veil or come near the altar because he has a defect, so that he will not profane my sanctuaries, for I am the Lord who sanctifies them. So Moses spoke to Aaron and to his sons and to all the sons of Israel. Chapter 22. Then the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Tell Aaron and his sons to be careful with the holy gifts of the sons of Israel, which they dedicate to me, so as not to profane my holy name, I am the Lord. Say to them, if any man among all the descendants throughout your generations approaches the holy gifts, which the sons of Israel dedicate to the Lord, while he has an uncleanness, that person shall be cut off from before me. I am the Lord. No man of the descendants of Aaron, who is a leper or who has a discharge, may eat of the holy gifts until he is clean. And if one touches anything made unclean by a corpse or a man as a seminal emission, or if a man touches any teeming things by which he is made unclean, or any man by whom he is made unclean, whatever his uncleanness, a person who touches any such a thing shall be unclean until evening, and he shall not eat of the holy gifts unless he has bathed his body in water. But when the sun sets, he will be clean, and afterward he shall eat of the holy gifts, for it is his food. And he shall not eat an animal which dies or is torn by beasts. Becoming unclean by it, I am the Lord. They shall therefore keep my charge, so that they will not bear sin because of it and die, thereby because they profane it. I am the Lord who sanctifies them. No layman, however, is to eat the holy gift, a sojourner, with the priest or a hired man shall not eat of the holy gift. But if a priest buys a slave as his property with his money, that one may eat of it, and those who are born in his house may eat of his food. If a priest's daughter is married to a layman, she shall not eat of the offering of the gifts. But if a priest's daughter becomes a widow or divorced, has no child and returns to her father's house, as in her youth, she shall eat of her own father's food, but no layman shall eat of it. But if a man eats a holy gift unintentionally, then he shall add to it a fifth of it and shall give the holy gift to the priest. They shall not profane the holy gifts of the sons of Israel, which they offer to the Lord. And so cause them to bear punishment for guilt by eating their holy gifts, for I am the Lord who sanctifies them. Verse 17, Then the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Speak to Aaron, to his sons, and to all the sons of Israel, and say to them, Any man of the house of Israel, or of the aliens of Israel, who presents his offering, whether it is any of their votive, or any of their freewill offerings, which they present to the Lord for a burnt offering, for you to be accepted, it must be a male without defect, from the cattle, the sheep, or the goats. Whatever has a defect, you shall not offer. 
for it will be accepted by you. When a man offers a sacrifice of peace offerings to the Lord to fulfill a special vow or a free will offering of the herd or of the flock, it must be perfect and be accepted. There shall be no defect in it. Those who are blind or disfigured or maimed or having a running sore or eczema or scabs, you shall not offer to the Lord, nor make them an offering by fire on the altar to the Lord. In respect to an ox or a lamb which has an overgrown or stunted member, you may present it as a free will offering, but for a vow, it will not be accepted. Also, anything with its testicles bruised or crushed or torn or cut, you shall not offer to the Lord or sacrifice in your land, nor shall you accept any such from the hand of the foreigner or offering as the food of your God, for their corruption is in them. They have a defect and they shall not be accepted for you. Then the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, When an ox or a sheep or a goat is born, it shall remain seven days with its mother, and from the eighth day on it shall be accepted as a sacrifice of the offering by fire to the Lord. But whether it is an ox or a sheep, you shall not kill both it and its young in one day. When you sacrifice a sacrifice of thanksgiving to the Lord, you shall sacrifice it so that you may be accepted. It shall be eaten on the same day. You shall leave none of it until morning. I am the Lord, so you shall keep my commandments and do them. I am the Lord. You shall not profane my holy name, but I will be sanctified among the sons of Israel. I am the Lord who sanctifies you, who brought you out of the land of Egypt to be your God. I am the Lord. So all of these rules, all of these things are being given to Israel is to do what? To sanctify them so they can be accepted by the Lord, so that they could come into his presence. And it is overwhelming in one sense. You think, man, there was this. We're only getting touching on the, just the edges of all these regulations here. Why all of the, the detail? Because God is trying to teach his people what holiness is. And God has created this world has created mankind to have a union with him which is more powerful and more blessed and more intimate in the sense of just having a communion and a fellowship with him than any of us could ever even imagine but there's a standard i don't know how to it's hard to get away from the word holiness and it's hard to, to describe it in other terms but as god as being pure and being pure, perfect and pure light and a perfect spirit in which no darkness dwells, nothing of sin, in order for us to draw near to him, then there needs to be a number of things that must take place. And a number of our actions can defile us and block that fellowship. Our own actions that we decide to do can create a division. Now, there's also physical things which don't actually seem fair. On the outset, you you think, well, <laughs> I mean, the dwarf wasn't born a dwarf on by his own volition. It was just something that happened to him. But again, these are things that they are bringing to the altar themselves. There could be sacrifice made for them, I believe. I believe that they just were not to come in to that area of where the sacrifice was going on. See, in heaven, there's as we go into heaven, we are transformed. We're made perfect. We're glorified. There is no defect in heaven. Everything, God is a perfect creator and he's a perfect God. We live in a fallen world. And as, as the result of sin in a fallen world, we have had a lot of corruption physically and morally. And we are to approach God through a number of filters, if you will, 
to then rectify that on this earth. Jesus comes along and says, okay, that's how the world was set up, and that's how you guys understand what holiness, try to get you to understand what it is, the specialness of what God is offering you to be your God. That's how he went through all these incredible lengths to get the Israelites to understand they want a relationship with him if they would approach him the right way. Jesus is now, I'm taking this not only a step further, a light year leap forward. I am going to now cleanse you and touch you with my hands and make you whole by prayer, by you asking for for cleansing. If you ask me for cleansing to make you clean and holy, I will. You just need to ask and I'll make you holy. You don't have to bring the animal sacrifice. You don't have to do all of these other things. And if you were a harlot and you did do these things and you did transgress God, you can now receive forgiveness and be made whole and complete in the eyes of God and be restored and have perfect fellowship with him if you will come unto me. This is phenomenal. And we we get the appreciation, of the real appreciation of our salvation through Jesus by understanding the magnitude of what he did by, by looking back at all these regulations. And that's the benefit for us to seeing all these things. Mark chapter 10 now. Getting up, he went from there to the region of Judea. And beyond the Jordan, crowds gathered around him again. And according to his custom, he once again began to teach them. Some Pharisees came up to Jesus, testing him, and began to question him whether it was lawful for a man to divorce a wife. And he answered and said to them, What did Moses command you? They said Moses permitted a man to write a certificate of divorce and send her away. But Jesus said to them, Because of the hardness of your heart, he wrote you this commandment. But from the beginning of creation, God made them male and female. For this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother, and the two shall become one flesh, so they are no longer two but one flesh. What therefore God has joined together, let no man separate. In the house, the disciples began questioning him about this again. And he said to them, Whoever divorces his wife and marries another woman commits adultery against her. And if she herself divorces her husband and marries another man, she is committing adultery. Verse 13. And they were bringing children to him so that he might touch them. But the disciples rebuked them. But when Jesus saw this, he was indignant and said to them, Permit the children to come to me. Do not hinder them, for the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. Truly, I say to you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God like a child will not enter it at all. And he took them in his arms and began blessing them, laying his hands on them. As he was setting out on the journey, a man ran up to him and knelt before him and asked him, Good teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus said to them, Why do you call me good? No one is good except God alone. You know the commandments, do not murder, do not commit adultery, do not steal, do not bear false witness, do not defraud, honor your father and mother. And he said to him, teacher, I have kept all these things from my youth. Looking up at him, Jesus felt love for him and said to him, one thing you lack, go and sell all your possessions and give to the poor and you shall have treasure in heaven and come follow me. 
But at these words, he was saddened, and he went away grieving, for he was one who owned much property. And Jesus, looking around, said to his disciples, How hard it will be for those who are wealthy to enter the kingdom of God. The disciples were amazed at his words. But Jesus answered again and said to them, Children, how hard it is to enter the kingdom of God. It is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. They were even more astonished and said to him, Then who can be saved? Looking at them, Jesus said, With people it is impossible. With God, all things are possible with God. Peter began to say to him, Behold, we have left everything to follow you. And Jesus said, Truly I say to you, There is no one who has left house or brother or sisters or mother or father or children or farms for my sake and for the gospel's sake but that he will receive a hundred times as much now and in the present age, houses and brothers and sisters and mothers and children and farms, along with persecutions, and in the age to come, eternal life. But many who are first will be last, and the last will be first. Jesus dealing with the Pharisees, again, dealing with the regulations of the law, dealing with marriage. One of the hardest teachings of Jesus, I suppose, in our modern culture How do we process this? And um, we know that every single case of divorce and remarriage has to be dealt with on its own, individually, according to Scripture. Bottom line is God hates divorce. Bottom line is God does not want you divorced. That is the bottom line. If you do divorce, what the Bible basically says, if you divorce someone, you are not to remarry. Now again, all of this needs to be filtered and investigated with other scriptures and compared. If there's not any biblical reason for divorce, there's no biblical permission to remarry. That's a good way to put it. There are biblical grounds for getting divorced, and those are all laid out pretty clear in fidelity. And then that person, Paul, will tell us is free to marry again. But there's a lot of things to consider and a lot of things to pray over. And so God's ultimate is restoration. And it's one of those areas where it takes maturity and prayer and waiting on God, waiting on God, waiting on God, so that you know for sure where he is guiding and directing you. And Renee and I have been fortunate to see marriages restored in most amazing ways over the years for people who decided to walk in maturity and walk in faith and prayer and wait and pray for their mate to mature and and get um, grounded in the word. And, and we've seen that happen. And we've seen people wait for many years for that, but decide I'm not going to remarry until I know, I know, I know, I know that God says I'm free. And these are only people that that were separated or for, for a long period of time that they themselves were not the offender. They were the ones that were offended against. So there's a lot, a lot of stuff to consider there. And uh, it's a very delicate situation and needs to be really approached in prayer. We cannot just take the, the general casual cultural thing, well, I'm not happy, so I'm just going to divorce and remarry. That's not an option for a Christian. It's just not. So keep that in prayer. (laughs) Pray for those that are going through um, separations and and, um, divorces or but but also for those that are that are coming back those that are being reunited those are their marriages that are being brought back together and those that are starting to flourish it's just a wonderful blessed blessing thing and god can bless it and god can work through any 
any marriage if both parties are willing to submit their lives to Jesus Christ. That is just a fact, and he can bless it. All right, I kind of went long on that, so we'll just jump over to Charles Spurgeon. Guardians of the fatherless. In thee the fatherless findeth mercy. Hosea 14.3. This is an excellent reason for casting away all other confidences and relying upon the Lord alone. When a child is left without its natural protector, our God steps in and becomes his guardian. Also, when a man has lost every object of dependence, he may cast himself upon the living God and find him all that he needs. Orphans are cast upon the fatherhood of God, and he provides for them. The writer of these pages knows what it is to hang on the bare arm of God, and he bears his willing witness that no trust is so well warranted by facts and so sure to be rewarded by results as trust in the invisible but ever-living God. Some children who have fathers are not much the better off because of them, but the fatherless with God are rich. Better have God and no other friend than all the patrons on the earth and no God. To be bereaved of the creature is painful, but so long as the Lord remains the fountain of mercy to us, We are not truly orphaned. Let fatherless children plead the gracious word for this morning, and let all who have been bereaved of visible support do the same. Lord, let me find mercy in thee. The more needy and helpless I am, the more confidently do I appeal to thy loving heart. That's beautiful. That's all I can say. Uh, And it's true. So let's pray. Father, we thank you, we bless you, and we praise you for this wonderful morning that you've given us. And we look forward to the things that you are going to do through the rest of this day. So God, we come expectantly and and realizing that you are our Father. You're the Father of all of us. And what what a great and mighty, powerful God you are. And we think about the requirements that the Old Testament saints, children of Israel had to go to go through to come into your presence. And we marvel at the extent by which we can boldly come into your throne room. We can come past the veil, come into your presence. We know our our frame. We know how we are and how easy it is we can sin against you and become unclean. But we know that, God, you are willing to wash us and willing to allow us as we come into your presence. So every day, Father, we ask that you would continue to cleanse us and use us. And we want to come in as your servants, as your sons and daughters, as you are our Father. And fill us, God, overflowing with your joy, but also with your spirit, so that we can then be ministering agents, ambassadors for you and for your kingdom. We want people to understand your love for them and what you've done to break that whole system, that sacrificial system, and the restrictions that were so heavy upon mankind so that he could come in and receive your forgiveness. We realize it's been made available. It's It's been lovingly lavished upon us, and yet so many people are still so hostile towards it. And we know, God, that it's coming to a close, and we know that as we read in the book of Revelation, there is a need to take these things seriously now as we see the labor pains and the false labor pains starting. So God, help us to be the witnesses you want us to be. And God, we pray for those that are we know that are hurting, and we pray for the fatherless. We pray for those that ha- don't understand yet, that are looking for forgiveness and looking for you to touch them. God, meet them in their need right now and help them come 
to understand your love for them and to yield their hearts over to you. Anyone going through difficulties this morning that's listening, that's that's struggling, God, we pray that your love would overflow them. They would come to understand that you do care, that you're not far away, that you are there. They would come to a full awareness of that and come to awareness that you can reach them and touch them and transform them, transform them even today. So thank you for that. We do thank you for those that are that are still being healed and, and the way you are working through so many people going through their treatments. We want a special prayer for Kevin and Lee um, for their what they're going through physically on their bodies and just encourage them uh, emotionally, spiritually, your love for them, your power, the way you've been working over time with them just to bring them into a deeper understanding and maturity in, in you. So thank you for their, their lives and just a special blessing on their bodies and the healing process as well for all these other people's de- dealing with different things. Thank you for LaDonna's feeling better for her fall in her foot and pray for Eileen that her shoulder completely heals up. I want to pray for this couple I met yesterday in the second service that you help this uh, gentleman with this this little cyst or this whatever it is on his back or this um, it could be a, a maybe even some kind of tumor growing uh, uh, causing a lot of pain so we pray God that you heal that completely uh, as well those that are going through the cancer treatments we lift them up and ask you to touch them and uh, complete the process complete it completely thank you for the one Carlos. Seems to be doing good. The doctor said he's doing good. Just got one little spot under his eye. They're going to keep an eye on, so we thank you for that, God. And um, God, thank you for everybody you brought to church and how full it was and the, the way you're bringing in new people and the excitement so many people have in their in their walks with you. We ask that you would bless the baptism coming up and bring in more people and continue to heal Dean and Kim, his whole family, so they can come and join us on the baptism on Sunday. So we look forward to that. And so we yield up this time to you, and we ask you to bless the ministry, God, a manna for breakfast through these live feeds, but also, God, through the podcast, as they have such an ability to reach so many people that don't read your word and don't really yet know you. So use it for that purpose and for your glory, God. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, guys. We are done for today. Keep passing around the address for this live feed or Uh, especially if you can subscribe to the podcast and that moves us up on the on the listing so we're more visible so well all that said we will see you tomorrow at the same time god bless you guys keep looking up jesus is coming bye Mm -hmm.